Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're starting the Gospel of Matthew today. This is episode 710, and today we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Before we dive into it, let's talk a little bit about Matthew's Gospel. First, the term gospel. We throw around gospel in a couple of different ways. The word gospel is a word that comes from Old English, and it could mean either God spell or good spell. And spell is just a story, so it's a God story or a good story. And it's the good news. The Greek word is euangelion. U, E-U, means good. Angelion means message. So angels, that's where we get the word angels, mean messengers. It's also where we get the word evangelism, euangelion. And often the authors of these gospels are called evangelists. So quite often we'll talk about Matthew, the evangelist, referring to the author of the gospel. Now there's four gospels. Three of them are are called the synoptic gospels. That is Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Synoptic is just a, a word that means seeing together. Because they really match pretty well as far as the, the subject content and the chronology of things. So the three synoptic gospels go together well. They see together. John is very different. And so you have, you have the three synoptic gospels and the gospel of John. The four gospels. Now, the way we refer to them, it's not the gospel author, Matthew, the gospel by Matthew, but they use the word according to. So it's the gospel according to Matthew. There's only one gospel, but this is Matthew's account of the gospel. So it's the Matthew, it's the gospel according to Matthew, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to John. And together they form the gospel. And there is a history of the fourfold gospel that goes way back to early in the second century. So not too long after the individual gospels were written, they were recognized by the church as the fourfold gospel. Together as a group to provide the gospel. There's two schools of thought as to which came first. Many people think that Matthew was the first gospel to be written. Um, Probably most people today believe Mark was the first gospel written. But they all weren't that far apart. The three synoptic gospels were all probably written somewhere from the year 55 to the year 68. So fairly close to one another. And then John was written later, 80 to 90 AD. Now what's the purpose of the gospel? It's not a biography of Jesus. It's not a history book, because there's so much that's not really covered. But the actual purpose is to awaken and strengthen faith in Christ. So it's all about people coming to faith to understand the legitimacy of faith in Christ. So it's not just the the story of the life of Jesus. It's why we should believe in Jesus. I haven't added this up myself, but one author says that it's really only about 50 days of Jesus's life that are covered in all four Gospels. So of his 33 years, only about 50 days are actually covered in the Gospels. And that's because the purpose is not to give an account of the life of Jesus. 
It's about faith. Now, Matthew's gospel is a, a lot of Jewish emphasis. And it's assumed that Matthew is writing for a Jewish audience. And his thrust was to try and show that Jesus is the Messiah. Most Jews were expecting a Messiah, the Savior, to come from God to, to fix the problems of Israel, to free them from the rule of Rome. So the Messiah, that's the Hebrew word that means anointed one. Christ is the Greek word that means anointed one. So Messiah, Christ, it's interchangeable. One's just Hebrew and the other is Greek. But it just means the anointed one. Anointed by God to be the leader of God's people. Now Matthew was a tax collector. He's named Matthew in Matthew's gospel. But he's called Levi in Mark and Luke's gospel. So Matthew's gospel begins chapter 1. Verse 1, he says, An account of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. So, genealogy. So the word that gets translated genealogy is Genesis. So, the origin of Jesus Christ. And as the Christ, he is the one to rescue Israel. The son of David, David the warrior king. The Messiah will be this warrior king is what they were expecting and the son of Abraham. Abraham was the patriarch of Israel, and he was promised that his descendants would bring God's blessings to the world. So then he begins the actual genealogy, verses 2 through 16. Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac fathered Jacob. Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez fathered Herzon. Herzon fathered Aram, Aram fathered Amimadab, Amimadab fathered Nashon, Nashon fathered Salmon, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab, Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, Obed fathered Jesse, Jesse fathered King David, David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife, Solomon fathered Rehoboam, Rehoboam fathered Abijah, Abijah fathered Asa, Asa fathered Jehoshaphat, Jehoshaphat fathered Joram. Joram fathered Uzziah. Uzziah fathered Jotham. Jotham fathered Ahaz. Ahaz fathered Hezekiah. Hezekiah fathered Manasseh. Manasseh fathered Ammon. Ammon fathered Josiah. And Josiah fathered Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah fathered Shehethel. Shehethel fathered Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel fathered Abad. Abiud fathered Eliakim. Eliakim fathered Azor. Azor fathered Zadok. Zadok fathered Achim. Achim fathered Eliad. Eliad fathered Eleazar. Eleazar fathered Mahathan. Mahathan fathered Jacob. And Jacob fathered Joseph, the husband of Mary, who gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah. So all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David until the exile to Babylon, 14 generations. From the exile to Babylon until the Messiah, 14 generations. Well, that's a lot of names there. And the purpose of this is to show that Jesus is in the lineage of David because there was a promise that David's throne would never end. And so the Messiah was thought to carry on the throne of David. 
And so showing the lineage through David was important. David's the central figure of this genealogy. Now, as you look through it, want to compare it to some of the Old Testament genealogies, you'll notice there's some names missing that Matthew hasn't included some generations. You say, well, what gives here? Well, the word fathered, it's the Greek word geneo, which can basically mean fathered, or it can mean produced, or even was the ancestor of. So it's not necessarily a specific generation to generation. There could be gap. Well, there we know there are gaps, because as you compare this, you see, hey, there's gaps. So what's the deal? Well, Matthew's goal is to show the lineage, not the exact chronology of it. So he's got some generations that are missing here. Specifically, you look at uh, Salmon fathered Boaz by Rahab. Now we assume this is Rahab the prostitute from Jericho. But then you have Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth. There's probably about a hundred years missing there from Jericho to the time of Ruth. But Matthew's point is to show the, the lineage, not every step in the lineage necessarily, but to show the direct lineage. So, so why skip some steps? Well, because he's hung up on this number 14. Down in verse 17, he says, so all the generations from Abraham to David were 14. From David to the exile, 14. And from the exile to the Messiah, 14. You say 14 plus 14 plus 14, that's uh, 42. And we don't have 42 generations here. Right, because some of them get counted twice. So Abraham to David, if you, Abraham's number one, David is number 14. Then you go from David to the exile, David is number one, and the exile is number 14. Then you go from the exile, number one, to Jesus, number 14. So there's some double counting going on here because so often in Jewish thought you you include the beginning and the end in, in counting things. Why 14? Well, it's not certain, but a lot of people think this is what's called a gematria, and that's where you sign numbers to words. And David, well, in Hebrew, you don't have vowels, so you, David is just D-V-D, essentially. And in the Hebrew alphabet, D is the fourth letter, V would be the sixth letter. So it's 4 plus 6 plus 4 is 14. So if you want to turn David into a number, you get 14. What's special about 14? Well, 14 is twice 7, and 7 is an important number in the Bible. So if that's the case, that's where this 14 comes from. You get a, a number assigned to David, and David is the 14th generation, and then the 14 generations for Abraham to David, 14 generations for David the exile, 14 generations from the exile to Jesus. Matthew doesn't explain why he did it this way. He just says it. The, the standard formula here is this person fathered that person, except there's some that are different, like uh, Jacob fathered Judah and his brothers. Well, those are the 12 tribes of Israel. So Judah, one of the tribes of Israel, and his brothers, the other tribes of, of Israel. Then there's some ladies mentioned. Judah fathered Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And that was a scandalous story where Tamar, the daughter-in-law, tricked Judah, her father-in-law, into having relations with him. 
and producing the child. Samuel Father Boaz by Rahab, some scandal there. Rahab was a prostitute in Jericho. Boaz fathered Obed by Ruth, and David fathered Solomon by Uriah's wife. Uriah's wife was Bathsheba, so they had some shenanigans going on then. So theories are there may have been some questionable activity on behalf of some of these ladies of questions of legitimacy of children. Uh, some say no, because in the society of that time, it wasn't questionable. It wasn't scandalous. It's just the way things were. So we're looking at it through our eyes. We think there's some scandal there. Maybe it's to set it up for the alleged scandal of the Virgin Mary having a child. Or others say all these ladies were not Israelites. They were married to Israelites, but they themselves were from outside of the tribes of Israel. And this is to show the blessings for Gentiles. It's hard to say exactly why, but there are biblical stories that account for each one of these ladies. Now, another question is, why is this different than Luke's genealogy? Well, Luke counts it differently. Luke starts at Jesus and works backward to Adam. But from Abraham to David, they're the same. But as David on, there's differences. Matthew's genealogy goes from David to Solomon to Joseph, where Luke's genealogy goes from David to Nathan to Joseph. Now, some say Luke's actually following Mary's genealogy because he is the physical child of Mary. And he says up front, Jesus was thought to be the child of Joseph. It's hard to say because that's not spelled out exactly either. But there is a difference between the genealogy of Matthew and that of Luke. I go along with the uh, it's Mary's genealogy and Luke idea myself. The number 17 is all the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations. David to the exile, 14 generations. Exile of Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. Some say the significance of including the exile is a major point here. One, that was the interruption of the Davidic king lineage. And Christ is restoring that. Others say that Christ is the, the final phase in the restoration from the exile. So there's a lot of questions we have about this, but as we launch into Matthew, we see it begins with who Jesus is. That He is indeed in the lineage of King David, and by that is set up to become the king of Israel. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of Matthew.